action sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, or if you have ideas for future episodes, thing you would things you would like us to talk about, questions that you want us to answer on a Q&A episode, email us at ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Or you can tweet to us if you use Twitter. The, the uh, was it handle, Father? Yeah. Handle? Yeah, handle. Yeah. Handle is at uh, sfdiocese. Ha- use the hashtag ignition so that we know you're talking to us. Again, t- the handle is SFdi- sfdiocese. Use the hashtag ignition. So, uh, Father Dickinson, how are you today? Better than my sins deserve. Amen, brother. Um, we are in today's episode. We're going to continue um, a, a series that we do on occasion. Uh, last week we talked about Luke's gospel in, Luke. in this series. On, yeah, never mind. Um, in this series <laughs> on uh, on the books of the Bible, we we've, we're beginning with the New Testament. So we've done episodes on Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And so, surprise, surprise, X. <laughs> Did it th- because it's part two of, of Luke's gospel. Exactly. Right, so it makes honest, perfect sense. Yeah. Now we are going to what? We're gonna break up. What? We're gonna break up. No that, more ignition. That, that work together. Oh, break up the work. No, not oh, us. Okay. Uh, and we do, as we said in last week's episode. Uh, if you if you listened, we're sorry. First of all, secondly, uh, constructive criticism is welcome, but you can't replace the hosts. Father's cringing at me. No, no, no. Just yeah. Okay. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. Okay. So <laughs> I know. Uh, so today we're going to try this at home. <laughs> or do try it at home and do better. <laughs> better than we do. Better than we deserve. Uh, we're going to talk about John's gospel. The gospel according to St. John. 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 Uh, One of my favorites. You know why? No. Because my brother's name is John. Oh. Yeah. So I'm a simple guy. Yeah. I have no 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 clever no quips. No clever quips to oh, okay. come back with. I love the gospel. Of, I do love the gospel of John, though. There's many things I love. About the uh, do we want before we get into it? Do you want to talk about why, or do you want to save that for later? Why do you love it? You want to save that for later? Or you want to talk about it now? Let's leave them in suspense. Ooh, intrigue. And then let's leave us in suspense of whether we can like, get back to <laughs> it. To time. There's no time left. Or... And that wraps up this. Um, so. Let, let's begin as we usually do, Father, talking about the, the books of, of the Bible in the series with the author. The beloved disciple. What? The author identifies himself as the beloved disciple. He does. So uh, unlike the other gospel, so interestingly, Matthew, Mark, Luke, they never say, hi, this is Matthew writing this text. Right. Uh, it, we, we, they're, they're, they're attributed to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but the texts themselves never refer to Matthew, Mark, and Luke as the authors. In the case of, uh, or, or to who they are at all, um, Luke says, I'm writing to you, Theophilus, as we discussed uh, in the last episode. Uh, Mark and Matthew don't address anybody and say who the author is. No, uh, well, they kind of allude possibly at times, but no, there's never uh, an actual like naming of themselves. Right. However, John, John's gospel does refer, the author refers to himself as the beloved disciple. Right. And I think as uh, probably in a couple ways, one just out of maybe humility, and also he doesn't identify himself till the end, 
uh, the gospel as the one who wrote it. Right. Uh, but also to make sure to distance himself from John the Baptist, who I'm sure he admires and loves very much and maybe maybe as an act of reverence towards uh, John the Baptist, he didn't want to identify himself as John as well. So how, so how do we know that John is the beloved? If, if how come it's the gospel according to the beloved disciple? No, it's a, how do we know that John is the beloved disciple? I don't know. You didn't prep me on that one. Uh, <laughs> because, uh, so a couple things that, that come to my mind. So we're, we're told that at the uh, Last Supper, mm-hmm. John is the one who leans against the breast of uh, Jesus. Yes, because it is referred to John in the third person from time to time, but refers right. to himself. And it referred to John, again, as the well, who referred to another one as the beloved disciple from time to time, but then he refers to himself as the beloved disciple. Exactly. Yep. So so there are, there are uh, things that, when you read the, the four Gospels together, you see that John's beloved disciple is John the Apostle. Right. Um, and, and traditionally, it's been ascribed to John uh, the Apostle, uh, from the beginning. And despite what some people might think, tradition does have a lot of weight. Right, right, right. And again, this is, as as, as we've talked about in this series, uh, and, and in a moment we'll talk briefly about uh, the date when when we think this gospel is written. In the end, the questions of authorship, questions of date of composition, are, they're not completely beside the point, but they don't affect um, our, our faith in the inspired nature of the text. Exactly, exactly. The the text is the text, and yeah. so. Yep, Um so, uh, anything else with the author that you think is worth pointing out at this point? We'll probably no, address some things no, later. Okay. No, I mean, because he's kind of central to the rest of it. So. Exactly. So, uh, date of composition, I mentioned. That generally, there there is a, a scholarly consensus that this is was probably probably written in the 90s um, when John had been exiled to the Greek island of Patmos. Mm-hmm. John, the only one of the apostles who wasn't literally martyred, um, actually killed. He died in exile, as far as we know. Uh, and 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 uh, so so probably written then. Trivial thing. Well, side note: I don't know if we actually have any relics of John, though. Oh, interesting. Yeah, one of the possible we don't have. Well, maybe we do someplace, but there, I think there's a theory or notion in some places that maybe he was uh, uh, assumed into heaven. Some would say. Really? Yeah, I've never heard that before. Yeah. I, might, I think it might be more of an Eastern uh, uh, Orthodox notion. Huh. No, you know, there is related to the question of, or related to uh, people potentially assumed who we don't usually think. There's there's also uh, a, a part of the tradition that, that St. Joseph was assumed. Assumed, okay, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. so. Uh, again, we only know that Mary was We're, assumed. Jesus ascended. Yep. Mary was assumed. Yep. We know the, both of those definitively. Um, and we have to hold those yep. definitively. Yep. Uh, I'd never heard that about John, though. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, so anything else with data composition, late ni- or 90s probably, anything else that you want to point out about that? No. Okay. So uh, I, who was he writing to? So all four, all four of the Gospels, uh, presumably the author had someone or someone's groups in mind when he was writing them. Who was John writing to, Father? Well, probably to, uh, to Jews, to Jewish Christians, probably to uh, people that he'd actually preached to right. at this point in his life. I mean, he's near the end of his life. He was the youngest probably the youngest disciple during the time of Jesus, so probably the longest, and just because he wasn't martyred, he was one of the longer-lasting ones. Um, so had built up quite an audience of people that probably still wanted things. And you can almost get this beautiful, maybe kind of poetic notion, romantic notion of this preacher nearing the end of his life and wishing to lay down his his opus, his magnum opus, in this right. way, his great work of, this is what I've taught to you, and here it all is. Right. Um and also, it's people that have all heard the gospel before, probably in some way. 
um, or at least have heard the facts of Jesus' own life. That's one of the interesting things about John's Gospels. He doesn't, um, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, this maybe goes more to the date in some people's minds maybe, but that uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke cover a lot of similar ground where John covers a lot of unique ground. Right. And that's really, I think, to, related also to the purpose for which he wrote it. Is he's mm-hmm. maybe filling in the blanks yeah. that Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the synoptics, didn't address. Right, fill in the gaps yep. that way. Yep, yep. Um, uh, very Jewish flavor to the God that's probably indicating probably writing to Jews or Jewish Christians. Right, references to, uh, like, Samaritans don't use anything that Jews use. Um, in the in, in, in John chapter 4, references to the temple and uh, quoting uh, Old Testament scripts without really identifying them. Right. And you mentioned Samaritans. It's possible that John was writing with the Samaritans in mind as well because of how positively he refers mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. The incident with the Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter mm-hmm. 4 that you were just in. And how she then evangelizes. And not just that she has a positive experience, but she evangelizes. Exactly. Yep, yep. yep. So, um, and related to that, I think she evangelizes, which mm-hmm. gets to maybe one of the reasons that John was writing his gospel to begin with. Which, uh, you know, which is his purpose. You know, he said, I've written you these things, you know, I could write more things, but these I've written to you so that you might believe. Right, right. So this is from near the end of the gospel, um, from John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. He writes, now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So again, what you were just saying, uh, that, that, that there's an evangelical purpose for John writing his gospel. I think it's worth pointing out something you said, though, a bit ago, how they probably heard the gospel. I think that's important to keep in mind. We're talking about the four gospels in general. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't just distributed as as leaflets in public restrooms or something. Like, or like Gideon, uh, Gideon Bibles on a college campus. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So they, they it's po- certainly it's possible that somebody would have come, come, and talk, come in contact with the gospels. And that's the first way that they, but by and large, the norm was you would have already heard the gospels proclaimed. And this was addressed by and large to therefore Christians. Right. Whether Jewish or Gentile in origin. Right, and so to strengthen their belief, uh, fill out their belief, but also, too, these are written to be read. Yes. Aloud, I should say. Not to be read personally, but to be read aloud. Yeah, they all, like much of the New Testament, in fact, they came out of liturgical context. What is that? That's, that's a big... Yeah, so, so uh, out of the context of to be used as uh, and read during, uh, most especially the Mass, but to right. be read during public prayer. Right. Especially uh, the mass, and also too, going back to our point from previous uh, uh, ignitions of covering the sacred scriptures, is that when they wrote this, they didn't have a surplus of paper or ink. Right. And so when they're writing these things, they're writing down for the record, not to be mimeographed, so everyone can have a copy in their pocket, but so that it can be read, it can be used, it can be told, even when the eyewitnesses themselves have passed. Exactly. Yep. So the written record. Uh, yeah. Um. I, it, we, we already alluded to how maybe another reason that John wrote his Gospels, you said he wrote it much later, mm-hmm. probably, and, and therefore filling in some of the blanks, um, the gaps that Matthew, Mark, and Luke uh, did not refer to. One of them, for instance, one of the—, one of the uni- So, it, it's, to, to be clear then, for a long time there's been a recognition that Matthew, Mark, and Luke, together they're called the synoptics. Um, John is a little bit different from them, probably for this reason. He was filling in the gaps. Um, you're going to say something. Well, I just said, I think we'll cover this a little more and we'll go into some of the themes of John's gospel. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, and, and because I think it's, it's not just a filling in the blanks data wise, but there's something more important to get to on this point. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's go on from there and just briefly cover the structure and then we can get into some of those themes and, and talk about that point more there. Um, as, as you just proposed father, thank you. Uh, so structure again, this is, this is not day fide. This is not something that, that we know is the case. You must believe John did lay it out uh, no. structure in chapter one. Uh, this is a sort of a scholarly understanding of how the, the, the gospel flows and, and it's different parts. So certainly first among the, the first part of it is, is the great prologue in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. I love the prologue of John's gospel. Can I just say that? Please. I love the prologue of John's gospel. Do you, do we want, well, if we have time, this is number two. So first of all, why you love John so much. Well, this Secondly, is one of the reasons. Why the prologue. So this is one of those reasons. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. And so. Uh, if we have time, let's talk about that more because I want to hear more. Well, it's, 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 just really quickly, it's spiritually profound and it's a great uh, verse for spiritual combat, spiritual warfare, spiritual protection. Uh, Satan hates it. Hmm. So how would I use this in spiritual warfare? Just to read it prayerfully, uh, yeah. announce it prayerfully in the rooms you're in. Um, uh, make it part of your prayer. Yeah. yeah. So this is, and specifically the, the prologue is chapter one, verses one through 18. Yep. Um, and then there's what's called, what scholars call the book of signs, where Jesus performs these various signs um, that, that take us the rest of chapter one through chapter 12. Seven signs. Seven signs. Uh, then Starting we Starting with? The, the, uh, the wedding feast of Cana. Ending with? Ooh, don't know. Lazarus, right? Oh, yes. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Which takes us to, in chapter 13 through chapter 20, the book of glory. Glory! Which includes the death on the cross. Yes. So, let's yeah. And then finally, the resur resurrection epilogue, chapter 21. So, just a basic structure. Again, not definitive, but many scholars believe four parts to John's gospel. But let's get into some of the themes that referred, we've referred to earlier, Father. Um John's different from the others, and, and, and some would say that it, it's referred to sometimes as the more spiritual gospel. And I think, and it is rightly so. I think it has a, a richness, a depth to it. Now the others are deep, and I think some people people sell the synoptics yeah. short. Yep. There's a depth to Mark. There's a depth to Matthew. There's a depth to Luke. Um, but there is, I think, a, a greater depth, or dare I say, height, uh, to uh, to the Gospel of Saint John. Uh, I think because of that. We, we, we could we could uh, speculate. Huh? How's that for a nice word? I can impress with that word. I had to kind of scratch around for that. It was quick. You, you came to it quickly. Yeah. We, we could speculate uh, that it has this richness, this these great heights, because of the time of reflection and prayer sure. that John's had, that John's lived, and that he also was taking care of the Blessed Virgin. Right. What? What? Because of John chapter 19. Well, let's come to that later. Okay. But he was taking care of the Blessed Virgin, and so was able to speak with her, talk with her about these things as well. She who pondered all these things in her heart, right. as Luke tells us. Right. Um, so the, these great rich, I mean, even going back to the prologue in that way with these insights about who Jesus is, you know, the word became flesh uh, and came among us. Um, and so he has these, and especially too, like the richness can be seen in the book of glory, uh, in the Last Supper uh, prayer of Jesus, especially like John 16 and 17, which is just gorgeous. <laughs> gorgeous. Gorgeous. <laughs> I'm the Steve Irwin of biblical <laughs> ignition. <laughs> if you don't understand Father's pop culture references or references in general, just just internet search them. Google Steve Irwin. Yes. So 
gorgeous. Uh, I, one of the things that strikes me, Father, about uh, the Word made flesh and the encounter with Him, in particular, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of, you know, think about how John, John wrote his gospel probably decades after Matthew, Mark, and Luke, probably 60 years after he wrote, met Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yet he's still, some of the, these details that he shares with us, for instance, he tells us roughly when um, he met Jesus. is about four in the afternoon. It's about four in the afternoon right now, actually. Did you know How that? about that? Oh no, my I didn't. Wow. Say, John, response. pray for us. <laughs> no, we read that in, uh, I think that's chapter one of John's gospel, when um, John the Baptist points John the apostle and Andrew Yo. to, to Jesus. And that's the, another and, reason why I like this gospel actually, because Andrew does play a big role. <laughs> the truth comes out. So yeah. What about your, bro- yeah. Forget the whole brother thing. <laughs> the truth comes My out. Truth, yeah. Did you, I never thought about it before. So the Dickinson boys are John and Andrew, but they're not brothers in the gospel. I know, but they're the first two disciples of right. Jesus. Right. But I was, did I, you realize? Have you realized that? Did yes, you, yeah. I've lived with my name for quite a while. I know, I know. <laughs> the um, uh, the other thing I like is you. You can look for themes like light all throughout. Like he sets that yeah. theme of light. Yeah. Um. Uh. Uh. In in the prologue about um, that he's the light of the human la- race. That the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot comprehend it or overcome it. Um. And this theme of light then is all throughout, um, the gospel. Uh, and Including to uh, uh, all the way to uh, the time of his of his glorification and, right. and suffering. Yep, yep. Um, I think, and and then with that, your your reference earlier to the heights of John's gospel gets to. We've talked before about the iconography of the four gospel God, writers. Um, but, but but please. So so we talked about uh, in in the previous episode on Luke how um, Luke is is depicted with the the bull. Mm-hmm. Because um, he's a physician, and Mark as the Mark the man, lion, lion, because he roars out of the sea, and Matthew he just is. keeps going and going and going and going. And so, what's the connection with Matthew? And uh, well, I think going with the genealogy, which he starts with, um, of Jesus taking on the human flesh in that way and being part of the Jewish people. Gotcha. Which leaves of the fourth symbol of the eagle in John's gospel, because I want to fly like an eagle. Yes. No. 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 Kind of, not really. No. no, just because of the heights, the heights to which he ascends, and also because of the clarity with which he sees spiritual reality. Right, right. So, so that's why you see these um, these four creatures, which I think now I'm, I'm totally. This is also bad, bad, the, bad the, crap. The old the Old Testament references, aren't they too? Uh, yes, because there's a reference uh, in Daniel, Daniel, I think, yeah. uh, to uh, four living creatures who stand in the sight of God. And also, it is explicitly referenced in the book of Revelation, for sure. These four different creatures. Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, who are uh, praising, singing the praises of God night and day. So I don't know when. Histor- I don't know historically when this attribution arose, but but in the first centuries, these four creatures from the Bible, Old Testament, Daniel, New Testament, Revelation, mm-hmm. being attributed to these four, the four Gospels, this arose at some point in the early centuries. Yep. Not that, this is not a matter of faith again, but it's nope. interesting. It is. It's just kind of, well, why do you have that? Well, that's why. Yep. Because they sing the praises of God constantly, night and day, as does your Gospels, if you ever blew the dust off it and read it. <sighs> See how I did that? I, <sighs> I heard that. Okay. Yeah, I think I even <laughs> felt that. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, so thanks for brushing your teeth today. Though. You are smell, welcome. Smell uh, breath mints, uh, not a commercial 
So another major theme, I think, in, in Matthew's gospel then is um, the family, the mm-hmm. familial language that he uses mm-hmm. and showing how mm-hmm. God is, if you will, a family, mm-hmm. the inner life of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then how we as human beings are called to enter into that life as his beloved children, siblings, what have you. Right. It's just, it, it, it's beautiful. I just love um, the son. One of my favorite lines, I think it's from maybe John chapter seven or 10. Uh, the son can do nothing but what he sees the father doing. Right. So the idea of like filial dependence is absolute reliance upon the father, um, which is for all of us who have become children of God by baptism. And then interestingly, one of the things, um, the, the spirit says nothing on his own, but only what he has received from the father. Exactly. So, so this, this reference to the, 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 the different roles, if you will, mm-hmm. that the three persons of the Holy Trinity take on. Um, and then again, how we are called, excuse me, we are called as, as men and women to enter into that divine life, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the life they have together, we are called to enter into that as the children of God. Right, as John uh, does in his participation with Jesus at the Last Supper when he reclines his head on the mm, chest of Jesus, right. drawing into the heart of Jesus, which is where, of course, he is in union with the Father's will. Yep, something that we're, we're all called to do. And again, that one of the reasons we allude to this, but why does John, another reason why John calls himself the beloved disciple is because he is presenting himself, if you will, as a placeholder, so to speak, for all disciples. Mm-hmm. That, right, that right. every disciple, therefore, so he doesn't say, I, John, laid my, my head on, uh, on on the breast of Christ, but the beloved disciple did. But yes, yes, he, it was him who did it, but we're all called to do that. I'm just snapping. I'm snapping on that. That was a great point. Thank you every now and then. Um, so, so I think another theme that we can find uh, in, in, in John's gospel is the, while well, John gets sort of big picture eagle, the heights, mm-hmm. but there, that doesn't deny the, the humanity uh, that he presents, the incarnational dimension, and particularly um, the, the, the reality of, of the, the sacramental economy, the fact that God saves us through the sacraments. Right, and through through the reality of touch, even like some of his healings, there's still the, the element of touch right. in the healings. And it's kind of fun just to see some of the different sacraments that are present pretty clearly in John. Uh, baptism in John chapter 3, uh, the Eucharist in John chapter 6, um, ordination, con- uh, uh, confession, confirmation in John chapter 20. Right. Um, so seeing these things, uh, marriage in John chapter two, uh, ordination in John 13 and John 20. And so, yeah, you can, they're, they're um, I'm not sure if we cover all seven in there and anointing of the yeah, sickness. Of the so clear. Um, you can, fudge but it. I, and none of these are one know. of the church fathers would certainly fudge it. If they had six of the seven, <laughs> they'd fudge the seventh in there with great faith, with it. great faith. So nothing, ex- well, sometimes explicit, but certainly at least allusions oh, yeah. to most of the sacraments. I think pretty explicit in most yep. places. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Can I get fun story on that? Please. So, uh, I was, I was traveling a couple years ago. I think I've told this story before, but I was traveling and, uh, in, in my clerical attire on the plane and the guy I'm sitting next to is like, Hey, you a preacher? Yeah. And he's like, do you, do you believe the word of God? I'm like, yes, I believe the word of God. She's like, well, uh, do you believe everything's written as it says? I'm like, well, I mean, I, I believe it as it's written. You know, he, he wanted to get into like a, a, a strict interpretation of the Bible. And so okay. we started talking about Genesis. He's like, well, why don't you think it's six days? Don't you believe the word of God? I'm like, well, no, I mean, that's the word of God, but it wasn't six 24 hour days. He's like, and he kept on saying, I'm just trying to be, read the Bible simply. I'm just trying to read the Bible. No, you're not simply. mocking Southerners right now, I hope. No. Okay. I didn't mean to get a Southern accent on that. Okay. I was getting excited. And uh, 
But then uh, I'm like, well, what about John chapter six? He's like, John chapter six. I'm like, like you never heard of him. I'm like, well, yeah, let's open up to John chapter six. We open up and amen, amen. I say to you, unless you eat of the flesh of the son of man and drink of his blood, you do not have life within you. Well, he says, that's kind of like, well, I'm just trying to take the word of God simply, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and so at that point we agreed to talk about something else. <laughs> yes. Yes. But yes. It's one of my fun stories. Yes. So that's certainly John six, uh, referenced the Eucharist and, and the other sacraments is the, the, the chapters that you mentioned earlier. Um, that, that reality that, that our salvation, we encounter Christ mm-hmm. today in the church, the community of disciples, but in a particular way through the sacraments. Yep. Um, and speaking of the church then and the role of the church, that part of that is the authority um, that the, the church has over us, but that all derives from Christ and Jesus, mm-hmm. what, what John tells us in his gospel about the authority that Jesus has. His own, right, because Jesus is exercising an authority quite often. Thinking of like even um, uh, the raising of Lazarus from the dead and he prays out loud and he says, you know, Father, I pray this, uh, and ask you to hear me, but I know you always hear me. Right. You know, but so rather I say this for them to hear me and know that you hear me. Right. You know, or and then John chapter 20 when he breathed on the disciples, just as Dr. Bergwald breathed on me earlier. <laughs> Sorry, Father. Yeah. Uh, and this says they receive the Holy Spirit and they receive the Holy Spirit and they have his authority to forgive sins. Yep. Yep. Um, so Jesus received his, uh, his, authority from the father he passes that to them and they go out right as i was sent so you are sent exactly yeah um we have a few minutes left father uh, any other themes that you want to talk about just quickly on the blessed virgin mary you because i brought this up earlier and you said we could finish with it. yes we will yep so that john brought mary into his home after the death of jesus john chapter 19 and one of jesus's seven last words on the cross which we've talked about in other episodes of the gospel uh Jesus, in his last words, dying death, suffocation, entrusts Mary to John. Uh, mother, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. And it says, from that moment on, John took him and took her into his home. Right, right. And so we know then that John cared for Mary until the end of her life on earth. And also, I'm sure, learned from Mary the things that she treasured in her heart and learned from her own thinking and praying and reflection upon the whole life of Christ. So I think maybe that's where some of the heights and the richness of John's gospel comes from is his life with Mary. Mary being not only, of course, the mother of Jesus, but the greatest disciple of Jesus, as you said. So therefore, her prayer on her experiences in bringing forth Jesus and following him as, as, her, her, as his own disciple um, would have surely flowed into the text of John's gospel. Amen. I, I, I certainly believe so. And so it's maybe just a nice little encouragement for us at the end of this uh, ignition is have we taken Mary into our home? You know, if we want to have uh, the heights of faith, uh, richness in our faith, a better understanding of our faith, are we taking Mary into our home? That's beautiful. I know. <laughs> well, oh, man. oh, anyway. And I think we'll wrap up there. Uh, that will, will bring this episode of Ignition to a close. Again, as I mentioned at the beginning, if you have any questions, ideas, or topics of future episodes, email us at ignition at sfcatholic.org or tweet to us at sfdiocese. Use the hashtag Ignition. Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. 
Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.